Well, we've been going through the movie Elf with Buddy as he explores where he's from, and he talks about how he's up at the North Pole, and at some point he figures out he just doesn't fit in, right? And all of us in life at some point figure out, like, this is just weird. This is just odd, and that maybe we don't always fit in. And so we begin to search. We begin to look for answers, and we begin to look for clues. And we're to the point now in, in the movie where Buddy has decorated the store, and he hears that Santa is coming, and he's excited to see Santa. So let's just take a few moments and watch this clip. Oh, all right. Well, somebody found out that Santa smells like beef and cheese. And you know what? A lot of times in life, that happens to us. We come upon something and we think, well, this is supposed to be real. And we, that's not it. This smells like beef and cheese. In fact, the Bible tells us, Jesus even said in John 8, 44, he said that Satan is the father of lies. And here's what I know about lies. For, for a lie to be believable, it has to have just a little bit of truth in it, doesn't it? And so Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies and that when he lies, he, he, he puts just enough truth in it for us to go, I don't know. I need to think about that. I need to second guess this. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Paul writes, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He says that Satan walks around like an angel of light. I mean, if the enemy just came up and knocked on your door and said, hi, I'm the devil, let's go do evil, the vast majority of all of us would go, no. So what's he do? Well, he has to make it look good. He has to make it look inviting. He has to make it look compelling, right? He has to say, okay, well, it's not, it's not so bad. And so how does he do that? Well, he comes to us with, with various thoughts. He comes to us with other options, things that maybe aren't in and of themselves harmful, but they begin to steal away our heart, they begin to steal away our time, they begin to steal away our resources and our, our thoughts, and they begin to steal away things from us that maybe is not in God's plan for our life. And so we get distracted, we get, we get off on some other tangent, and, and we get so far down the road and we realize, wait a minute, this isn't what my life is supposed to be like, this isn't... I've been distracted by the, beef of by the beef and cheese. Well, today, I'm super excited because I have, a, I have a friend of mine that is here today. And so I'm going to invite him to come in. And so if you would come on in, I'd appreciate that. And Buddy is here with us today. I've asked Buddy to come. And Come on in, buddy. Oh, you guys can welcome Buddy a little. I mean, he had to get through the candy cane forest and the gumdrops. Come on, guys. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> How are you? Here, wait a minute. We good? How are you, buddy? Doing well, thank you. Good. So what have you been up to? Uh, getting things ready for Christmas with Santa. Yeah? Yes. All right. Well, would you do me a favor? 
Right over there, I have a couple baskets stacked up. If you would be kind enough to go grab those. Buddy, Buddy is such an awesome guy, and I just want to thank him for taking time to come down from the North Pole today to spend some time with us. Buddy, you've got a couple of baskets there. I'll take the little one. And actually, you can just set the big one right there. But Buddy brought us some beef and cheese. Who got a ticket when you came in? Let me see your ticket. All right. Now, who did not get a ticket but would like to win a basket of beef and cheese? All right. So, guys, if you would uh, give them a ticket and give them a chance, and they're going to bring those tickets up here. And I understand you're going to go back and see, see uh, the kids here in a little bit. Yes, I'm excited to see the kids here. Yeah, that'll be fun. And I know that our kids are excited. Uh, we got another guy way in the back that wants a ticket for some beef and cheese. I mean, who doesn't want? Let's see, uh, what, buddy. What, what do we have? What, what have you got in your basket there? We got Jack Link, beef jerky, a lot of beef, a lot of cheese, and hey, crackers. I mean, what good is beef and cheese without crackers, right? Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <clears throat> Santa in that video smelled like beef and cheese. He did. He did. Like strong? Was it strong? Oh, it was really strong. Was it? Yeah. Wow. All right. Anybody else? All right, bring those tickets up here. Let's put them in the basket. Let's give everybody a chance to win a basket of beef and cheese. Come on. Come on up. He's fast. They're fast. That's what they say. They should help us. Do you think? They're fast. Can you get them? Very fast. Right. Well, we're going to mix all these tickets up. Hey, and, and I also heard that you're going to hang around after church and people can have their uh, family photos taking, taken after church. Yeah. Is that right? Right outside here? Who would like put- their picture with Buddy the Elf? Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course Ben raised his hand saying no, he wouldn't. <laughs> but you can't trust the guy who wears a Star Wars ugly sweater. All right. So why don't you pick a ticket and let's see who wins the basket of beef and cheese. Everybody, oh, I'm sorry, yes. Everybody get your tickets out. You got a number. All right, here we go. Ready? Two, two, seven, three, six. If my wife wins this. Oh, sorry. Two, two, seven, three, six, five, two. Who is that? Five. Hey, we got a winner. All right. All right, hit Buddy up after church. Or what? You know what? No. Just take it to him after church. But I got some questions I need to ask you first. Just go ahead and set that down. All right. Okay. So, how were you able, of course, we saw in the movie that you were able to uh, realize that it wasn't the real Santa because he smelled like beef and cheese. But how else were you able to identify him as not being the real Santa? Two reasons. One, you could tell he had a fake laugh. Santa has a real laugh that comes from the belly, and it's very distinctive. Okay. And second, there's a code we all take where we keep our fur clean, mm. even us elves. <laughs> he had stains on his, which was from the beef and cheese, so I knew he was a fake. He was stained by the beef and cheese. That fits so good in my sermon, you don't even know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, buddy. Can we give Buddy a round of applause for coming and bringing beef and cheese? Buddy, why don't you, uh, on your way out, 
Would you take that to our winner back there? Yeah. Thank you, buddy. And if you see Josh Strange around somewhere, would you tell him we really appreciate him? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we, he was able to identify the fake because he knew the real thing. And that's what we want to talk about today. When life throws us beef and cheese, can we identify the real thing or can we identify what's fake because we know the real thing so well? You see, Christmas is about God coming to us in the form of a man to say, this, this is what it's about. This is heaven on earth. He came so that he could reveal himself and so we can know him. That's God's desire from the get-go, is for us to know him. And not to know of him or to have some concept of him, but to truly know him. In John chapter 14, verse 7 through 11, Jesus says this as he's talking to his disciples. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us, right? Isn't that typical human nature? Give me more proof. Give me more evidence. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And so Philip, being human, says, well, just show us the Father. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And so he, he tells Philip, he goes, Philip, if you see me, you see the Father. I am in the world as proof that God wants a relationship with you. I'm not just here to give you good moral teachings. I'm not just here to, to simply point the way. But I want you to come to know my Father through me. And he gives us two ways that we can know him. He says, you can know me. And in the Greek, it literally means come to know as if you would come to know your spouse. Like you know have you ever noticed a couple that's been married, say, for a very long time? I had the opportunity to sit with a couple uh, a week or so ago, and they had been married for 45 years. <laughs> and, like, they didn't hardly have to communicate. They just knew what the other person was thinking. They know each other so well that they're like, well, I would say this, but I know what she's going to say. Now, I know that's a bit of assumption, and I know... <laughs> I know what assumption does in marriage, right? If anybody's married, how many of you know what assuming does in marriage? Every man should have his hand up right now, right? We know what assuming does in marriage or in a relationship, but it was an, it's an amazing thing. I had the opportunity to witness, as a, as a child, I had the opportunity to witness my great-grandparents' 55th wedding anniversary, and I can tell you they just knew each other. They know, and so Jesus says, I invite you to get to know 
me. That's the meaning of that word in the Greek. It's, it means to, to know me so well that you would know what I would and wouldn't do. You know what I would say and what I wouldn't say. You know me. But then he goes on and he, and he says, okay, Philip, I get that maybe you don't want to know me that close. And maybe you can't believe that you could really have a relationship with me. So what's he give him? Well, he gives him a second option. And he says, that's a very easy answer. Believe in the miracles and the works that I perform. Believe me through that, if nothing else. And so he gives Philip options. He says, you can get to know me based on a faith and a relationship, or at the very least, believe in the miracles, believe in the prophecies that I fulfilled. Later, he would say, believe in my miracle in the resurrection. Believe, believe in this. Believe, believe in the works that I do, Philip, at the very least. And so Jesus then also says, he, he goes on, if we, or he doesn't go on, he kind of, if we back up and get a little bit of a backstory prior to these verses, in the same chapter, just a few verses beforehand, Jesus is talking to Thomas. And he says this, Lord, said Thomas, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Legit question. I want to follow you. I want to believe in you. I have no clue where you're going. But I like what I'm seeing, so how do I, how do I follow? And Jesus gives us the answer. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so he gives us three ways that we can follow. And they're very distinct. He says, I am the way. I am the direction to go. We cut through all the beef and cheese in life. I am the way. All right? That's direction. I am the truth. As we talked about probably several, several weeks ago, We've talked about worldview, and we kind of touched, we kind of got into philosophy 101, and we talked about everyone in this room has a particular worldview, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. This is, this is the philosophical way of viewing the world. He goes, follow my direction, adopt my philosophy, adopt my worldview, adopt the way I say the world is and the direction to go. So he gives direction, he gives philosophy. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the source. I am the source. We all have to eat. Is there anybody in here that does not have to eat? I know some of us like to eat more or less. Right? And some of us have foods that are favorites and foods that aren't favorites. But we all eat more or less. We all have to have a source of energy that we put into our bodies. And Jesus says, I'm the source. I'm your source. And just like if you watch the movie Elf, Buddy knew all three. He knew the way of the, he knew the, way of the North Pole. He knew the philosophy of Christmas, the, 
the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Right? That was his philosophy. That was his, his worldview. That was his view of things. And he knew the source in the movies. He knew Santa Claus. And he knew Santa Claus so well that when he came across the fake, he's like, mm-mm, that's fake. That's not going to be good for me. That's not healthy. That's not. And he knew the source so well that he could spot the fake. When people in our government want to figure out whether a bill is fake or not, whether a dollar bill, $20 bill, $100 bill, when they want to spot the fakes, they don't study all the fakes because those are immeasurable. They study the real ones so well that when they're handed a bill, they can spot that it's fake because maybe the numbers are off. Maybe the print pattern is off. Maybe something. They know the real bill so well that when they're handed a fake, they're like, this isn't real. Whether it's the feel of the paper or whatever it is, they know the real thing. Buddy knew the real thing so well that he's like, Something's off with this guy. From a distance, it looks good, but when I get up on it, it seems fake. It doesn't seem right. So why don't more people believe in Jesus? Why don't more people follow Jesus? Well, there's numerous reasons, but I want to share one with one of them with you this morning. Last week, we talked about John 3.16 through verse 18, right? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. But verses 17 and 18 are every bit as powerful as verse 16. Verse 17 says, God did not, now listen to this, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus did not show up to begin to point fingers at people, tell them how wrong they are, they better get themselves corrected, or they're not going to make it. That's not why he came. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Jesus came to love the world and to show us what love looks like. Unfortunately, the church has kind of gone astray in that area to the point of everybody knows what the church is against and how we're old curmudgeons and we don't like this and we don't like that. And the church, I think, in a lot of ways, unlike Jesus, has lost its way and said, I don't like this and I don't like that. And who wants to be a part of that? I don't. I want to be a part of loving people and caring for people. Okay, so what if you disagree with me? That's not important. What is important is that we love one another and we take care of one another and we look after each other. Yeah, okay, so your worldview is different than mine. That doesn't, I'm here to love you. My job is not to judge or condemn. My job is to love like my leader loves. Do I think Jesus is the only way to get to heaven? Yes, but does that give me a right to condemn and judge you? No. In fact, it goes the opposite direction. It says, I can't judge you or condemn you because I know what Jesus has saved me from. 
I know where I've been. I know the skeletons in my closet. And I can't judge you with a plank in my own eye. I'm saying, pretty sure our leader said that. Right? He said, before you go picking out a speck of sawdust, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Before you go pick, uh, picking out a speck of sawdust out of your neighbor's eye, why don't you get, literally, in the Greek, it would almost reference, why don't you get the, the uh, now the word escapes me. <laughs> it, it's telephone pole. Why don't you get, literally, he says, why don't you get the telephone pole out of your eye before you go picking sawdust out of your neighbor's eye? That's, that's a pretty exaggerated example, but that's essentially what, now, okay, they didn't have telephone poles in his day, but the lumber that he was referring to was almost that size. And so I kind of paraphrased it a little bit. But Jesus goes on in John 3, 19 through 20, in our last passage this morning, John 3, 19 through 20, he says, Jesus says this, he says, this is the verdict, light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Jesus says, truth is, some people just like their own way of thinking and like their own thing and they want to do it themselves and do it their way. See, when Jesus references evil, he's not talking about the dark evil, the mass murderers and whatever. He's talking about the people that decide they can just do life themselves and they don't need him and they don't need anything else. And so they just kind of put God off in the corner and he's over there somewhere. He says, this isn't isn't what I came for. I came to bring relationship and teach you guys how to love one another. Right? And so he says that some people don't want to come into the light because of fear that their own evil, their own ideas, their own thought process might get exposed. And he says, people don't want that. I mean, let's be honest. How many of us want to be told, "Mm, that really wasn't light. Like when my wife gives me directions in the car. Love you, honey. She's up here going. Right? I mean, at some point, all of us in life stick our foot in our mouths have to eat humble pie is just a part of life, and it's okay. It's called learning. And so the moment that I come to Jesus and go, okay, I don't know what all this means, but I'm going to follow you instead. I don't, I don't grasp it all. I don't comprehend it all. But by faith and trust, I'm going to follow. Well, that means then, okay, suddenly now, what, what, if, what if I had an idea about God and it was wrong? And I find out. As I start to follow Jesus, wait a minute, that was wrong. Let me give you an example as we close this morning. I had this idea when I was little that God was sitting up in heaven with an old dude in a long beard sitting on the throne with like lightning bolts. Now, I realize that that's probably more of a picture of Zeus than it is of our God, but that's, that's what I had in mind. And I thought that if if you mess up, the lightning bolt's coming, or the two-by-four, or whatever it is he uses, he's going to use it on, your, uh, on you. And I thought, oh, no, this isn't, this isn't good. I better, God is an old curmudgery dude up there ready to pop me over the head. And I'm like, then something dawned on me. I, I heard somebody say one time, listen, if God's going to zap you, it won't matter if you're in your lazy boy at home, 
It won't matter if you're in church. It won't matter if you're bellied up to the bar. If God wants to zap you and get you, he's going to get you. There's nothing to stop him. He's not like that. God sent Jesus in Jesus' own words. I did not come into the world to condemn the world. I came into the world to save you because I love you. And he came as a baby, vulnerable. Yes, okay, I mean, Jesus as a baby probably vomited. I know that's a gross picture for some of you. Everything that a baby does, he had to go through and learn. The first Christmas wasn't pretty. And I'm not going to get into that. Maybe next week I will, but it wasn't pretty. And so this morning I want to offer you two challenges as we close. In light of everything that was said this morning, and Buddy, who's back there having goofing around with the children and the rivers ki- river kids, I'm going to offer you two challenges, and then we'll close. If you haven't done so, I challenge you to seriously consider following Jesus. It is revolutionary, life-changing. It does not mean you have to vote a certain way When the elections come around, it does not mean that you have to act a certain way. What it means is it says, I am not in charge of my life, and I want to give my life over to Jesus. It is not whatever we think, whatever the church has somehow twisted this thing to mean, it is not that. It is about loving and caring for one another and looking after one another, despite our differences, right? caring for one another. So I want to challenge you to consider following Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity here in just a minute. Number two, if you already know Jesus, and by know, I mean like know, like you have a relationship with him, right? You have that relationship. Then I want to challenge you. Tell somebody else. Tell somebody else about him and invite them either to the Christmas Eve service in the barn or invite them to come back next week as we finish up our Elf series. Invite them. I mean, if you really believe this Christian thing, wouldn't you want to talk about it? I mean, you. if the Colts were winning and going to the Super Bowl, we'd all be talking about it. If you really believe that your soul is more valuable than a pigskin crossing a chalk line, and believe me, I, I go to football games, my son plays football, I love it. I have fun. I scream. I yell. Not as loud as my wife or, you know, mom, but I do. If you really believe something, you talk about it. If it's in you, it comes out. Talk about it. Invite somebody next week. Amen? Amen. Stand up. I'm going to ask Aaron and Lori to come down here and I'm going to ask Steve and Bonnie to come down here on this side. If you're here this morning and you've never said, Jesus, I don't understand all of this, but I'm going to follow. And I don't mean like social media follow. I mean legit follow. And I want you to come up this morning and they want to pray with you. The Bible says that when that happens, your name gets written down in heaven. And then your life begins to transform.
as you follow Christ. You don't want to come forward because I get, you know, you want to feel like people staring at you. Some of you are like, man, I would never be up there with Buddy. That's crazy. You can fill out a blue comment card and say that you want to accept Jesus, and I'll follow up with you this week. If you're here this morning as we close out the song, you need prayer for anybody, anything else, any other issue, we want to pray with you as we close out the song.